Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am the host of the day, Pam Marvin. I'm very excited to be live again. It's kind of fun. We've been doing some pre-recordings in the past, but today is live radio, and that's always a thrill. I'm excited to have on the second half of the show, Deacon Dave Mays, and we will be discussing his new retreat center. But until then, we have a few things going on around around our community. So joining me in the studio, I have Dr. Thaddeus Romanski. Hello, Thaddeus. Hello. Why do Good I feel morning, like Pam. I need an English accent? I don't know. Come on. I don't know why you, you think it's necessary. <laughs> it's a regal, more, you know. Dress up my name so much. Yeah. Just, it's a just regal. an ordinary guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But thank you. We're going to let you thank For that. having me on this morning. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. You know, I'm really I mean, out of the loop. it's kind of my job. I have to be here, you know. Yes, but but more into more important things than you. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I really don't know anything about what's going on with Victory Sports right now. So you want to kind of clue me in on that? Because I am so, I mean, this is something I prayed for for years when my girls were still in school. And now it's really here. So I'm actually yeah. kind of, I mean, I'm so excited about this as I'm speaking my eyes are just welling up with tears of joy. It's just a thing I have. I don't know. Uh, so I think this, when that happens, that means it's a thing of God. So congratulations, the Holy Spirit. So come, let me stop Yeah. Talking. So Victory Sports is Red Sea's youth sports initiative for the Catholics of the BCS. Now, anyone's welcome to participate, but it is a Catholic experience because it's an experience where Virtue is going to elevate sport and sport is going to be informed by virtue. It's going to, and it's going to, and virtue is going to be inculcated through sport. We're going to bring the Catholic moral tradition and we're going to bring the sporting virtues like self-sacrifice, teamwork, courage, we're going to bring those things together and we're going to, uh, Fill our fill our young charges, our young athletes with those with those virtues, and help make their Catholic faith something palpable and real, and something that they carry with them out into everything that they do. Absolutely, you know, that's kind of, so. That's kind of the the vision of what Victory Sports wants to accomplish. Right. So, what we're starting with, eventually in the fall, we're going to have parish based teams. Hmm. Six to 12-year-olds are going to be playing for their parish. St. Thomas is going to be playing against St. Anthony. St. Anthony's is going to be playing against Santa Teresa, right? Um, so we're going to have parish-based teams in volleyball for girls and flag football for boys in the fall. But right now, we've got our very first clinic to introduce people to the concept, uh, let people kind of know about who we are and get to know who our um, potential customer base is out there for lack of a better word, you know, 
Um, the future saints you're referring to. Yeah, exactly. Course, We're yeah. doing this for the domestic church. So we want to get to know all those little domestic churches that are out there. Uh, so our very first event is just about, just about full. No, we, yeah, we just hit the full mark. We're going to go over by four just because. Yeah, so this is our. To give us a little cushion um, in case some can't show for illness and whatnot. We want a full house, but we, we've got 40 participants for. Yeah, girls amazing. volleyball. It's amazing. Girls volleyball clinic on Saturday, April 23rd from 1.30 to 4 at the St. Anthony's gym. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, our coordinator, Robin Romanski, former Division One volleyball coach, former Olympic volleyball coach, uh, does has done private lessons for years, has run her own <clears throat> volleyball camps. She's going to be leading the volleyball instruction. And we're also building the, the clinic around trust. Do you know why, mm. Pam? Building the clinic around trust. That's going to be the theme. That's, that's just like one of the most important virtues we could have right now. I mean, really. But yeah, no, I don't know. Especially since it's the vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right? And what does it say at the bottom of the image of Divine Mercy? Jesus, I trust in, in you. you. So we wanna, we're going to be talking about and learning about how we got to trust in our fundamentals. We got to trust in our teammates. And by doing that, we can grow in trust for our Lord. Right. And, and the respect can, for our coaches. I mean, yeah, that that yeah. respect that, you know, our culture, I think, has been definitely waning in. And doing it with coaches, I think, is a really good, yeah, you gotta intense. Tr- you got to trust your coach, too. You got to trust your yeah. coach's game plan, for example, I think is what you're alluding to. So volleyball, the, the, the virtue of trust. It's not a technically a classic virtue, but I think it's a, a certainly an athletic virtue. Uh, it's a supernatural virtue. Is it? I don't think no, that's so. That's faith, hope, and love. I don't think technically it is, but I think maybe You're you right. could faith, see hope, it and love. cascading but from one trust, of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're going down into the weeds. Uh, <laughs> so, volleyball clinic, April 23rd, this Saturday. Then at 5 is Mass at St. Anthony's. After Mass, we are going to have a picnic for anyone that wants to come at the green space next to the St. Anthony's gym. So get there at six for hot dogs, chips, uh, some dessert, free drinks, everything free. Bring your whole family and then stay for live music at 7 p.m. in the gym with Catholic musician uh, Michael James Meddy. Now what's neat about Michael is that he actually performs, his band is three of his children. So we thought that's a perfect Catholic musician to have for an event that's about the domestic church, about serving the domestic church, about building the domestic church. Uh, we thought, what a what a great confluence of events. So he's getting ready to go do an event in LaGrange on Sunday, and he was kind enough to say, hey, I'll come by and provide music for your kickoff, kickoff event on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so wow. come for that concert. Dennis, do you have a little bit of his music queued up for us? Some kind of nice uh, power pop, electronica kind of sounds. Uh, Some really fun music. I I like his music. Uh, So come check that out at St. Anthony's on April 23rd, starting at uh, 6 o'clock is the picnic. The live music is at 7. Come to Mass at 5 if... 
going to mass on Saturday for the vigil is is what works for your family. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredible. And then lastly, lastly, stay tuned to the website, victoryyouthsports.org, victoryyouthsports.org, to sign up for Girls and Boys Basketball Clinic at St. Joseph's on May 7th, Boys Flag Football Clinic on May 14th, and we've got a soccer clinic in the works. Oh, look at y'all. Wow. It's a lot of fun. And then in June, we're going to have an all-sports cross-training camp, uh, a week-long day camp. More details about that. And then we'll start those leagues in the fall. Amazing. So you're also needing like other people to staff. Like a uh, first thing that came to my mind is like coaches, referees, things like that. Yes. There's See? a place on the website to inquire about volunteering, about working with, being a parish captain. You know, it's yep. it's going to be great. We're going to need we're going to need parish lots of parish representation and parish help. Go to victoryyouthsports.org to get involved to get to get this thing revved up and going the beauty of the faith through, through the beauty, the beauty of, sport. of sport that's what we're doing Amazing. i thought i thought we were going to do i thought you were going to do the first part and i was going to do the second part i'm sorry man that's I, okay i stepped on you that's quite all right that's, that's the producer sports victoryusports.org yeah awesome i can't wait to get a future saints as that's you right. mentioned we have a saint you wanted to talk about as well well yes um yesterday was saint gianna mola Who's kind of a modern oh, day doc. saint. Yes. So I've always been very inspired by her. And um, because I work in a doctor's office, this oftentimes asking for her intercession, especially when it comes to fertility, as you know, is near and dear to my heart. And also just uh, as being a mother, she was such a, a great cross of a scientific woman, but definitely also um, very, very much in love with the Lord and the faith. So that was really great. Let's see if I have a little quote. I had a quote queued up for her. Let's see. Maybe not be able to find it right this second. But if you give me a second, I will. That you often will see her. Um, she was, I guess, her time period was in the 50s to 60s. And her daughter, whom she pretty much sacrificed her life over, because I believe she came down from cancer, refused mm-hmm. treatment, and then went on to have her child. And her child is still living, if I'm not mistaken, was at her beatification, which is really interesting. Because so oftentimes we think of saints of being in, in days and years gone by. But oh no, my friends, today we're making saints by the handful for standing up for the Lord. And St. Gianna Mola is just a great example of standing up for life and faith. Yeah. Yeah. Quite an example for all of us to follow, especially in this time of uh, convenience and, you know, killing your unborn baby just because it's convenient. You know, she sacrificed her life so that her child might live. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. We see examples of that. Like if you really start to search, there are countless examples of that these days of women being that heroic to... Say, oh, for heaven's sakes, take the baby, leave me. <laughs> Let this new life live and flourish. So, yeah, that's what I have on St. Gianna. But tomorrow is another favorite of mine. And I was looking at my favorite quote. I couldn't find it. But Megan and I really love it on the podcast of um, Shoulder to Shoulder is St. Am I saying it right? 
Anselm. Anselm? A-N-S-E. Anselm. Anselm. Yeah. He is a very thoughtful guy. And his Saint Day is tomorrow. He was a reluctant bishop. <laughs> yeah, is the way I kind of remember him too. But very thoughtful. But not always. You know, he was kind of Augustine-esque. He was... Uh, not really into his faith for most most of his youth, and he didn't come into the faith till much later. And you know, on the in the second half of the show, we'll be talking to a gentleman who has a very similar story. Deacon Dave, I know <laughs> he said his conversion, his deep conversion, came a little bit later in life, and we'll get to hear about that here in just a minute or two. What else is going on in our community? Did we? Uh, I've been producing, and so I failed to listen to the very beginning of the opening. Uh, did we say Happy Easter? We did not. Well, Happy Easter, Pam. Oh, hallelujah. He has risen. Christ is risen. So mm-hmm. Easter is a season. We're running spots uh, through the Feast of Pentecost that talk about Easter being a season. And uh, those were just incredibly written and produced by Thaddeus and by uh, Deacon Robin and by... Now Rachel Cutsmode Cox at the time uh, when she was an intern for us. Um, just some great voices that we've recorded and great information about Easter being a season, things to look for throughout the right. Easter season. Okay, so maybe you gents can parse the whole octave of Easter and season of Easter for me. Can you kind of uh, explain that? Don't we have a deacon in the room that can do that? Maybe. That can talk about Easter being a season, the octave of Easter. Good morning, Deacon <laughs> he's Dave. Like, he's like, he's what? You're me on the spot. You are supposed to do that because I didn't want to answer the question. That's why, because I'm, I'm a dodo. So What's you were, the difference? What, what, yeah, go ahead. What's the difference between the octave of Easter and the season of Easter? Um, Math? Yeah. <laughs> I would have gone the number of days. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, this is a, a horseback uh, uh, opinion. Um, okay. I don't, it's not... Carefully researched. This is uh, theology according to Dave, so <laughs> please take that with a grain of salt. But um, you know the uh, the Easter season. I think we can we can say goes all the way to Pentecost. Okay, and well, that's uh, fair. and uh, whereas the octave of Easter is the the days right following Easter that will end in uh, the, the next Sunday. Okay, well and there so, you have it, folks. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I am very excited to have you on today. Deacon Dave Mays will be um, joining me again right after the break. And we're going to be talking about all the really cool and exciting stuff that he's been up to these past several months. So, Well, we're going to go out with some Michael James Meddy music. And if you want to hear him live, come out this Saturday, folks. Our kickoff at 7 p.m. is the concert. 6.15 is for your dinner. We see you this Saturday. Welcome, welcome back to this section or this second half of Red Sea Roundup for our talk today. Uh, joining me right now is Deacon Dave Mays. Welcome, Deacon. Hey, it's great to be here. Oh, my goodness. It's been a long time since I've got to sit and really visit with you. So I'm thrilled to get to um, ask you a bunch of questions about all that you've been up to. And and right during the break, he gifted us with these really great T-shirts of his retreat center. 
So before we get started talking so much about the Retreat Center, I want to give our listeners, because remember, they're in the Palestine area, they're in the Waco area, and of course here in beautiful Bryan College Station, the Brazos Valley, and beyond. Um, So give a little background of yourself, like how long have you been a deacon, et cetera? Okay. Well, first, may I say, you guys have such a great view here. Don't we? uh, Of one of the great churches of God going up right before your eyes. Uh, you know, they've got this big picture window, and here it is, uh, the the Church of St. Mary's uh, going right up uh, just across the street. Just, yeah. Uh, I can just kind of sit here all day and watch. I don't know if you can actually see the dome, but that's really the most, one of the really impressive things to see. Yeah. I, I saw some of the video of the dome going up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> just to try to answer your question, uh, I, uh, I came to the faith late. Um, I, uh, I had, um, oh, um, been a, um, uh, what, what I think you'd call a, um, a cultural Christian for years. Uh, if someone asked me if I believed in Jesus Christ, uh, in those years, I would say, well, of course I did. I mean, this is America. Right. And, um, but I, I didn't really practice any kind of faith. It was the, as I learned later, it was uh, the Church of Dave that I went to, <laughs> and I kind of celebrated my own sacraments. Um, but um, God has wonderful ways of, of straightening people out, and uh, for me, it was to uh, marry, uh, at the age of 25, uh, this uh, beautiful Italian woman by the name of Vancy uh, Manning, and uh, uh, we got married at St. Anthony's, and um, uh and we agreed uh, that we would work this church thing out somehow because she was a very good Catholic, very strong Catholic. I was a, I was a lukewarm Baptist, and I knew just enough about the Catholic Church to say that, man, I wanted no part of it. So um, one of the great regrets of my life is that I was so hard-headed that uh, it took me 25 years of going to Mass regularly— you know, every every Sunday, not religiously, but regularly, um, with my wife, mainly to humor her, um, before I, it finally, you know, the, the light finally broke. Yeah, you, the scales dropped from the eyes. And, yeah, and, and it was the best decision of my life. I came into the church at the age of 50. But um, my greatest regret that I is that I, I wasn't the father to my children, the spiritual leader that I could have been and should have been while they were growing up. I have two, two wonderful children, uh, Logan and Sarah. Um, uh, Logan's a youth minister now at, uh, at Cedar, at St. St. Uh, well, we'll give come you a to second. Yeah. yeah, where does he live? In Cedar Park. Cedar Park. So, okay. um, I'm blocking on the name right now. That's all right. <laughs> he's only been there for about a dozen years. Uh, and then my daughter, and uh, he's married to a wonderful gal named Sadie. And then my daughter is unmarried, but um, works uh, at Texas A and M. Lives right across the pasture from me. So we're we're Excellent. we're close. Oh, and and. Uh, uh, St. Thomas More. Sorry, that's the that's the name that they came, came to, to me. You. Yeah, you're right. You got to move on, and it'll <laughs> right, come to you, right? Right. Uh, senior moments are are becoming more frequent mm. for me. Um, so uh, I became a Catholic at the age of fifty, 
And um, it just so happened that, well, at the time I felt like I, I really needed to make up for lost time. Mm. Um, and the first deacon I'd ever met also came to St. Anthony's mm, shortly before that. His name was Lee Cochran. Mm. He was a gruff Marine, former Marine, and uh, but had a heart of uh, a servant's heart. Mm-hmm. And I said, when I grow up, I want to be like him. Aww. So... I was, um, there was a, a class for the diaconate that was forming about five years later. Um, and that was, that was as, as soon as I could even be considered for diaconate was, I had to be a Catholic for five years. Mm. I also couldn't be, um, older than 55, which was also the number that I hit just right. Mm. And so, um, you know, somehow, some way, I, I made it through formation, uh, was ordained uh, in uh, on February 17th of 2000, and excuse me, of 1997, excuse me, 2007, 2007. So I've been a deacon for 15 years and um, all at St. Thomas Aquinas. That right. was my uh, assignment. And it's uh, it's been a great uh, gift to me to be able to work with uh, so many fine people there. Well, you've been a gift to all of us and well, in the entire community, uh, for sure. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but, <laughs> but uh, the, the you know it's it's been uh, it's been a great um, experience. Uh, coincidentally, I I became 75 at last month, and um, under the rules of the diocese. I have to write a letter to the bishop asking him if I may continue because 75 is the retirement age. So uh, I'm waiting uh, a bit anxiously to hear back from the bishop. Uh, uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, a chance for him to fire a deacon if he wants to. <laughs> but uh, I've just asked to be able to continue on and uh, maybe get more involved in the community, do more with St. Vincent de Paul. There's a women's prison that's finally going to open up again, mm. I think, I hope, in May, after being shut down for two years because of COVID. And that was a, a ministry that I was involved in for many years before that. So um, look forward to that. And then there also there's this thing called the re- Retreat Center that I've been working on. Yeah, I think and, this is kind of a good segue. So okay. um, I hadn't talked to you in quite some time and had no, I have really no idea about its origins, its inspiration, what led you to this point. Um, I can kind of guess, but I really want you to fill in the blanks about when you started getting that kind of hankering in your spirit that this is something that needed to happen. And, and go ahead, start to tell the story. Sure. That's, that's a very good question. I've been, um, it's been a long journey that really began in 2017. Um, in June, it will be five years since my wife passed away. God rest her soul. And we yes, all miss her still. I do every day. And uh, it was a, a real blow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I For I'd the community the, as well. I hope you know that. Yeah, thank you. I lost the love of my life, my best friend, and it was all very unexpected. And, uh, you know, all she did was pray me into the church pray me through the diaconate and uh, change my life for the better um, in so many ways. Uh, so uh, I've got to admit, I was, I was angry with God for a while. I uh, didn't understand why she, she had to be taken away at that point. And of course the words of Job came back to me. Um, you know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
I, uh, over time, I, I had focused on what he'd taken away from me, and then I finally thought about what he'd given me. And it was only 45 years of knowing a great woman who, as I say, changed my life completely. So I, I focused more on the giftedness that I'd received from her. That's a good lesson for all of us right there. Uh, Focus on the positive. It's a hard, it's a hard lesson. It's so hard. Um, and, and so a year later, um, my uh, sister and brother-in-law, uh, who live in Colorado, uh, they've been planning a trip to go on the Camino. Uh, the, it's called the Camino of Santiago de Compostela, which literally is the way of St. James in the field of stars. <laughs> and uh, what this is, is an ancient um, medieval pilgrimage route that goes across, uh, well, it goes from many locations in Europe, but the, the main one, the, the most popular one still is the one that starts at the base of the Pyrenees Mountains, in, just on the border of France, and, and goes across the top of Spain, the northern part of Spain, to uh, the, the city of Santiago, where the great cathedral of St. James is. Yes. And that's where the, um, the bones of St. James, um, mm. legend has it, are, are buried. And it was uh, one of the three great uh, medieval pilgrimages, um, the others being to Rome and to Jerusalem. And so you had thousands and thousands of people uh, make this pilgrimage. Incredible. And uh, so it was, a, it was a chance that I, I leaped at, frankly, or leapt at, maybe that's what I should say, uh, because um, it was a chance to get away and to do something completely different and to... Um, to pray. This was in 2017 or 2018? 2018. 2018, okay. A year later, a year right. after she mm-hmm. passed. And to, to pray and to just ask God, okay, who am I now? Right. What do I do now? Because uh, as a deacon, um, you, you, you make a vow at ordination that you will not remarry. Mm-hmm. And of course, I very easily made that vow uh, because... Um, my my uh, expectation was that Vancey would outlive me by many years, mm-hmm. uh, maybe eventually uh, remarry, find the man of her dreams, and live happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, I never in in my life anticipated that I would outlive her. And so um, so this question comes to the fore because, um, well, I didn't know if I could live. A, a solitary life, I'll just to put it bluntly, that there are, especially when marriage has been your way of life for so long, not that anyone could ever replace fancy, but is there a, is married life so much a part of my life that I right. must live with in, uh, have an intimate commitment with another? Right. So I, I, what I hear in you, and I've seen this in my friends that are widowers as well, is that they were made for relationship in that mm-hmm. particular way like for marriage they are right. made to be coupled it's part of who they are and right. how god created so i, I really i i really feel the intensity of your yeah so, conundrum at the time so um so i i wanted to pray about that and also there were just a, a whole bunch of other issues that you know what do i do what do i do with myself because you know, my, my focus had been providing for her, making sure she was going to be taken care of after I was gone. And and then the other thing is that um, uh, 
Vancey's daddy was a, a farmer and a, a rancher for many, many years here in the Brazos Valley. His name was Robert Manning, and he was just a great, uh, a great guy, a great friend. He bought some land in the 60s uh, on Mumford Road, uh, which is just outside of Bryan uh, to the north. And um, he, he gave me a, a son-in-law deal where I bought 16 acres, you know, a slice of, the, of this pasture um, back in the early 80s. And we, we built a home there and we've lived there since 1982, mm. which I think is about, my key mass says that's about 40 years. <laughs> um, and so um, when Robert died in 2016 at the age of 99, Vancey inherited the land and then when she passed the next year, this land came to me, and it, the total parcel was 70 acres. Wow. And, Lord, what do I do with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was a pure gift, a gift. And all I could think to do was I've got to figure out a way to pass it on, mm-hmm. to pay the gift forward, to, um, you know, it's deep in our Catholic theology that what we receive from the Lord, we're, we're called to be channels of grace that we are to, to give uh, give that divine life that we receive to others. And so I wrestled with that. Lord, what, I, what am I supposed to do? And over time, it came to me that maybe um, a retreat center could be an answer. Now, did it come to you like while you were on the Camino? Cause, no, you know, no. This this was after I'd gotten back. Oh, and, okay. And, um, it was kind of like your reboot then. You did a really nice reboot on the Camino. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. I, and, and so I... I uh, I wasn't sure at all, but that seemed to be a direction. I talked to my kids about it. They were enthusiastic. They thought that was a great idea. Hmm. Maybe they thought, well, this will keep dad occupied for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but but it, was a, <clears throat> um, it was a chance to um, really try to do something for God. But I kept praying, Lord, is this, is this your will? Is this what I should do? And... I'm not the greatest on discernment. Um, how I try to discern whether I should be a deacon or not was, and, and you're, you're discerning all the time you're in formation, which is about five years. Uh, I, I kept trying to follow the joy, what gives me joy. And, mm-hmm. and Lord, you know, I'm thinking you're going to close the door if, if this is not for me. The doors stayed open and um, they've stayed open on this, on this retreat center. So, Amazing. So um, the, the idea for the retreat center as I, uh, as I started to deal with it was um, to um, um, to make it a, a daytime place, daytime gathering place, because I didn't have any facilities for overnight stays. Okay. And to um, 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 and the thought was that to uh, the appeal I thought might be that might be there is one could spend the day with one's creator right. and just enjoy the, the, the natural beauty of the place because it, uh, you know, it's a, it was a pasture, but it also had a, um, a it was a, where our home was located. They were right behind the house was a uh, pond, about a three acre pond okay. and uh, woods that surrounded it. Oh, so mm-hmm. the thought was maybe that, Maybe that uh, pond in the in the woodlands could be a, a place where people could could uh, find uh, well, just renew, refresh. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I knew some things that I, I didn't think 
I was being led to do, which was to be to have a wedding, make it a wedding venue or a, uh, a party house or a, mm-hmm. uh, a football weekend kind of gathering mm-hmm. that, that, I, that just didn't uh, appeal to me at all. And, uh, and so where, where I was led was to uh, um, try to make this a, 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 a retreat where, where you made the, 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 the thing as natural as you could, the, you know, you, you enhance the natural beauty, tried to. Yes. And, uh, <clears throat> and, and took advantage of the things that were there, which, you know, as I'd always taken for granted pretty much because we raised cattle on the place, right. raised it on the place for many years. And I just saw it as green grass for the cattle and then shade for the cattle as well. Okay. So uh, it was kind of a, a change of perspective, uh, which, you know, just kind of goes to show how, how much, at least I take things for granted. You know, it was always seen as one thing and not something else that could be a more beautiful offering to the Lord. Right. So, yeah. So how oftentimes are we, we challenge with reframing something to make it more beautiful for the Lord. I mean, so oftentimes we see a, a difficult situation and we think, you know, let's just look at that a little differently and see how the Lord wants us to look at it. So it sounds like you do that actually with the vision of the property. Yeah. That's amazing. And that was one of the things that I learned in, on the Camino that, uh, you know, there's uh, there's real um, value in uh, experiencing life at three miles an hour, uh, which is about how one can, how fast one can walk. For sure. Uh, yeah. Rather than hurtling along a highway at um, 75, 75 <laughs> in some air-conditioned box Ooh. and all you're looking for, looking at is the ribbon in the road. And uh, on the Camino, I mean... Uh, what was great about it is you could you could walk through um, farmlands uh, that it was in the springtime, and so uh, the the wheat was so green it hurt your eyes. Mm. The uh, there were acres of vineyards. Um, you walk through forests of eucalyptus or pine or oak. Uh, the frogs croaked at your feet. The birds sang. Uh, occasionally, I, I took offense because there were cuckoos that uh, seemed to come out. You know, when I was walking, uh, the birds or the people. I'm no, confused. No, the, the people. The people. <laughs> they would say cuckoo, cuckoo, and I just, I, I didn't. You, know, you didn't understand that, what it was going I, on. I took that personally. Oh, <laughs> that's a weak joke. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, uh, I thought the best asset of of the place also was that it was um, it was close. It was. Um, Five minutes from downtown Bryan, uh, fifteen minutes from well St. Mary's and College Station, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was near because a number of places where people can go are some, so dis- some mm-hmm. distance away. So, um, but you know I didn't know anything about what to do. Okay, and so I prayed that you know God would send me people who could help. Yeah. And, and he has boy, done did he! Right? Yes, he okay, did. I can anticipate that one. He did. Uh, one of the f- wisest moves I made was to hire uh, Justin Golbabai, okay. who um, is a parishioner at St. Thomas Aquinas. I'd gotten to know him through the ex- an Exodus accountability group that yeah. we were in that together. So you know, that Exodus thing, those are the cold shower guys. The, yes, uh, I'm the, familiar. Uh, uh, one of those practices of asceticism that mm-hmm. uh, sticks in people's minds. But um, <clears throat> he was a, a former city planner for College Station. Also... Uh, and was just starting a uh, his career as a teacher uh, in urban planning at Texas A and M. Hmm. 
but he was also starting a business on the side, a consulting business, and I turned out to be his first customer. God works in such beautiful yeah. ways, isn't he? Yeah, so indeed. Cool. So, yes. so um, he knew people, mm. and um, and the people he put me in touch with were very good. Um, <clears throat> when I wrote him his first check for his, you know, for his first fee, I, I said, you know, Justin, some people don't cash that check; they just put it in in a frame and hang it up there. <laughs> And uh, he didn't. He didn't go for that. He, he thought, no, this is. I like that. I, I yeah. like your thinking there, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, great. So this all happened um, around March of 2020. So what did Justin do for you? Well, he he um, he thought with me about this. Okay. And prayed with me. And and um, uh, as I say, he knew people in the community that I could maybe call on to do some of the work that was involved. Uh, but we need a concept first. And so he knew a landscape architect by the name of Alan King in College Station. And so Alan did a conceptual, you know, map for us of, you know, where things might go. That you were features that would kind of turn around in, in my mind and now in Justin's. And uh, <laughs> he, he developed some, some big... Uh, uh, big looking maps, and I I carried those maps around in a roll rolled up for for about another year and a half. Wow! Until it finally wore them out, I think, as, oh. as we were, you know, talking about it and mm-hmm. looking at things, mm-hmm. and and uh, <clears throat> so, um, uh, but about the same time, uh, March twenty twenty, you might remember that. Uh, oh yeah, things the, changed a little the, bit. The, the world changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the it was, Shift, a, it yeah. was the it was COVID uh, uh, was was upon us, uh, and in a way, it turned out to be a a perfect time for working at on a retreat center because I uh, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything, you had to stay home, and so I stayed home and and did uh, you know uh, worked with shovels and and other things to try to make these things happen that mm-hmm. we had in plans. Wow. Um, so, um, so this has been a, a labor of, of love for the last two years, and uh, we've got most of it done. We, uh, uh, I don't know when we'll have an opening yet. Um, let, let me ask you questions. I'm going to fill yes. in because you know I, I paint pictures in my mind. I'm really yes, good with yes. images, so I want to put some more images into our listeners' mind. Okay, so did you take the house and do something with it? Yes. As it overlooked the pond, so I'm, I'm guessing. A lot of the upgrades were um, probably outdoors to try and make it a little yes. more aesthetic. But you also worked on the house probably to make it like a meeting place. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Um, let's see. Um, you're exactly right. Uh, the The idea was that we would try to construct some facilities that would serve people outside, you know, when the weather is good. And so the, the main feature there was a pavilion that mm-hmm. um, uh, it covers a, a thousand square feet. Really? And, wow. Uh, so it, it will accommodate, um, you know, a fair size number. Although I'm thinking ideally 20 to 25 people might be as many as I can accommodate, mainly because that's that, that's that's about the size of the rooms of the house, uh, the, the largest rooms. Um, yeah, the idea was for in, in, indoor facilities, we would use the first floor of this two-story house that I now lived in alone. And... Um, <clears throat> and for that purpose, um, what I had to do was get rid of um, 40 years of, of accumulations, let's say. Yeah. Uh, every closet was full. 
of really important stuff, mm-hmm. but um, stuff that, as it turned out, I could, I could either move elsewhere or get rid of entirely. Let go. Like yeah. we had a whole closet full of Christmas decorations. I had enough for about five Christmas trees. But um, to me, that'd be easier to let go of. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So some <laughs> it's stuff. It's the family photos. What do you do with the photos, right? right? right. We just went through that uh, uh, this uh, over Easter weekend with the with the kids, Did and uh, uh, we must have had about fifty framed photos. They took all together about three. So, oh my! <laughs> so I have to. Uh, I'm not going to throw them away. I'm just going to put them in a, a box. In a box, yeah. and I'm going to hang some of them upstairs. But some pictures of, of me and my sister when I was five and she was three really aren't appropriate for, you know, a, a retreat center. So um, one of the things I, I am going to do, though, is is put a plaque up for what my wife. Uh, well, I hope be, you're going to have your wedding photo. That just to me would be so beautiful way to acknowledge her, especially if you have some with your father-in-law in it. Well, I, I have, have those a little up. plaque that says exactly who that is and what's going on there. Yeah. yeah. Just well, Pam's two cents. Right. All right. Okay. Well, I, I do have a, it's going to be known as the, as the Vancey Mays Retreat Center. Mm. Um, you know, the house, treat, retreat house. And uh, so that, there'll be a, um, you know, something appropriate that will have her picture and say a little bit about her, her mm. life and her gifts. Beautiful. And um, so let's see, where was I? Um we, the improvements uh, of the home. Yeah, so so I've given away most of the furniture that was downstairs, moved some upstairs, um, and um, I'm still in the process of just clearing out like cookbooks, other books that I have that aren't necessary for the retreat center that I need to simplify. Give, give away. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, so. And and then I've I've furnished it with um, um, pieces that are uh, portable, um, like uh, stackable chairs and uh, uh, tables that fold up, um, so that we can rearrange the rooms as exactly. necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have I have um, three main rooms. One's a breakout room, two fairly large rooms. There's a kitchen also. Uh, we had to modify the bathroom to make it ADA compliant. I don't, I don't know why it is, but it seems like the bathroom door is always the narrowest door. Yeah. And that needs to be at least 36 inches wide. Right. So we can, we completely redid the bathroom. Why don't they just, new construction, do, I wonder if they they do that now, just a new construction just does it automatically. We'll see. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Well, again, this was 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, back in a, another age. Uh, so, um, and then we built ramps to, uh, they're portable that uh, will allow a wheelchair to come into the house. And, uh, you know, widened other doors as, mm-hmm. as, as necessary. Do you have kind of an idea of square footage of the first floor? Just uh, give us an, get a mental picture again. Probably about 1,500. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, so uh, just kind of how how God works uh, um, on, the, on, the ta- on, the, on the chairs. Um, you know, Deacon Mark Olivieri. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, uh, <clears throat> he 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 monitors these auctions, these online auctions, and uh, he called me up one day and said, "Hey, there's a statue of Mary that's for sale. Uh, do you want to buy it?" I said, "Well, sure." Uh, and who has it? He says the University of Texas, which 
you know, I know there's a story there somewhere, but essentially he bid on the statue. We got it and we, it's out at the retreat center. We have a special um, glade that's um, dedicated to Mary. Mm. And um, we think maybe there, that might be a good place to, for Vespers. Um, the sun sets sort of over that, over her shoulder. Mm. So um, anyway, so I started monitoring online auctions. And so I found some chairs, again, at the University of Texas that were really good. Um, they weren't exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for the, the church, the, the chairs that St. Thomas Aquinas has that are hard plastic that you can move in and out of, uh, and they're good for both inside and out. The University of Texas chairs were fabric. So anyway, I, I get on the, I get on it and I bid and it's like 20, 23 chairs, which would be all I need really. Cause I had some other chairs and, uh, but my fingers were, you know, if you've been on, doing these online auctions, you, you realize that the, all the action takes place in the last minute mm. uh, before they, they ring the bell or do whatever. And Time my, runs out, yeah. My, fa- my fat fingers wouldn't keep the bidding up. And so uh, I lost the bid for um, like it would have been $230, which was, you know, the, the grand sum of $10 a cheer, which was a, a, would have been a great deal. So I, I kind of fumed about that, you know, because it was my own fault. I couldn't quite up with the, the technology. Uh, a week later, Kathy Polzer, uh, mm-hmm. a, uh, a um, uh, parishioner, calls me and says, hey, there's a, uh, on Facebook, there's a hotel here that's getting rid of chairs. Do you want them? And I said, well, can you send me a picture? They're exactly the chairs that I was looking for from St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. And so she she buys them for the retreat center uh, at a for a song. And Oh yeah, God works it out. Yes, Just, He does. I one of my favorite sayings lately is He's a, the God. Our God is a God of the details. We we'll sit back indeed. and trust and let Him do His thing. Indeed, the the tiniest of details. Yes, yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, so um, let's see. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to. Yeah. See so where let me see I, if I can have any more questions for you too, as you peruse that one. But so I'm getting a pretty good idea. So now, how mm-hmm. far away from the house is the the three acre pond lake? Right. That's that's a good question. It's about, um, I'd say, about seventy five yards. Oh, so so oh, it's, it's fairly close. Not quite a football field length, you know. No, me and my sports. No, but <laughs> but uh, it's it's a pleasant walk through the woods oh, to to oh, this pavilion okay. to this pavilion yeah. that uh, I I looked for, you know. Uh, uh, Things online that uh, that one could purchase that were would be either ready-made or things that you know I could build and and uh, there's an outfit called Texas Timber Frames out of Bernie that brings in these um, well their designs are all these these old barn-like things that uh, uh, like uh, it's eight eight-inch timbers eight by eight which are very large mm-hmm. and uh, heavy too I bet yeah yeah and. And they bring in these uh, fir trees from the great Northwest. Uh, they have a they have a factory that planes them up. Uh, uh, they cut the uh, uh, it comes in like a jigsaw puzzle that is put together. And I hired their crew to do it. And it's it's the old uh, school mortise and tenon um, building. Well, what is that mortise and tenon? Well, it's the the, the the pieces of the wood are made to fit together, and then there's a peg. Oh, like a tongue and groove. Yeah, Sorry. tongue and groove. Okay. Uh, but there's a there are pegs that hold the two joints together amazing and these are oak pegs and uh and so there's very little metal very few screws in the in the in the the pavilion it's all 
all wood and and again the old school design of, of now, uh, sorry i'm just so fascinated though that how did you finance all this was it through personal donations you could say because i'm like wow deacon this is a lot of stuff well i I've, I've been blessed by um receiving an inheritance from my father who he passed away in um, 2019 at the age of 100 Oh, he was God, living. At, soul, yeah. He was living at my home, and so it was. So you've you've pretty much done this on your own. Well, again, another gift. Yeah, I, I received you, an inheritance, inheritance that made it possible for me to not have to borrow money to to build these things and to uh, to just you know a lot of it sort of out of pocket. Right. So. Um, that's really beautiful. Um, you did start to allude to that you don't have anything scheduled there right now. It, do you have a like a, a grand opening kind of thing in mind or just a well, celebration I, of I, letting I, people come and look at yeah. open house or right. something like I, that? I keep pushing that back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was thinking it was in March. And actually, we've we've had three three small retreats already. Oh. Uh, St. Anthony's, uh, Mike Bove, the deacon there, brought We know brought him us. a little bit yes, here. Yes. yes. He's also a host on Red Sea Roundup. I, I do. I, I do know that, and and he brought out a uh, his his RCI group, and so mm-hmm. it was for a you know a, a day long retreat, and then James Adams, who teaches uh, theology, theology at uh, at St. Joseph's School, uh, brought his sophomore class uh, one one day and his junior class another day, and and uh, next week we will host his senior class. So wow. just for just for you know a few hours, um, and uh, I, I asked for feedback uh, from all of them to help me, you know. Again, what am I doing? What 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 worked? What was good? What was bad? What was really ugly about the experience? And I've gotten some good feedback on that and made some changes. So, um, I uh, uh, there was a trail that was missing that we we made uh, that that was suggested. Um, I got to tell you about, uh, you know, it hasn't all been peaches and cream. There's been, uh, there were two near disasters early on here. And, oh no. Uh, one was that, uh, I, I wanted to, to, um, over time make the entrance way something beautiful. And, uh, it was just a, a gravel road on a bald prairie. Oh, okay. So this is the entrance from the road. If, entrance from the road. Okay. Yeah. It, it's about a oh two tenths of a mile from from Mumford Road to the house. Okay. And so um, I was able to uh, uh, have planted uh, Montezuma cypress trees that line the the roadway, and uh, Montezumas are like uh, uh, American bald cypress, only they're maybe a, a little bit. Um, more uh, drought tolerant, and they grow a little bit faster. Okay. So, so uh, timing is everything, of course. So this was done in February, the week before the big freeze. Oh my! And so um, this is last I, year, then. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. these. I had these saplings in the ground, and you know, we there was a uh, uh, there was a uh, um, freezing rain that also accompanied this thing, and so I look out the next day. And every one of these trees, um, it's done a big U-turn because the the uh, uh, of the weight of the the ice on the branches. 
you know, what was standing straight now is... Like a candy cane. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. their, their heads are all, oh. are all bowed low. Yeah. And I said, well, okay, this was a learning experience. I've just figured that they were all goners. Mm-hmm. But God in his mercy, um, when, when it finally warmed up, when the, uh, when the ice melted, those things gradually just came right back Stood up. Stood back up. Didn't wow. Lose, didn't lose a one. That's didn't amazing. lose a one. That is grace. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> For sure. The other thing I, that was a near disaster was a, uh, at least I want I'm ready to talk about yet. Probably have been, been some other disasters. I'm, I'm not ready to say, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 uh, we, we built a, um, a floating dock and what this is, is kind yeah. of a fishing platform. Right. And of course they're, they're out at Lake Travis, for example. Um, that's often how marinas are made. You know, they're, they're meant to float in the water. Mm-hmm. And so I went over and checked them out and found a guy who made those things. And, you know, it comes as a kit, you put it together. And, and, uh, <clears throat> I, I worked on, on that, putting that together. And it's like a layer cake. It's, uh, you got these, um, uh, these big, uh, four by eight foot, um, tubs that are filled with these little styrofoam balls that gives the, the whole thing buoyancy. Right. You have a steel, um, structure that goes on top of it. And then whatever, whatever you, uh, floor you want to put down on it. Um, so, uh, the Lord sent me a, a really good man in, uh, in his name is Sean Presbla. And, uh, he is the, uh, the son of, um, Maureen Edwin, who's on our yes, staff at, yes. at, uh, uh, directs for faith formation at St. Thomas Aquinas. Well, he was, he was a college student. He was between jobs. He was um, <clears throat> looking for something to do. And he's a big, strong guy who likes outdoor work. Right. Man, could I, could I and did I use him? He was great. He's, he's awesome. been working with, with me for two years now. That's, that's amazing. And so, uh, so we, we put the dock together and we, we put it out yeah. there in the water. But you might recall that uh, we, we had a, um, a, a bit of a drought yep, and, yep, and the yep. pond the pond that I have is fed by three higher ponds that essentially the overflow from those ponds that feeds this thing. I do have some runoff from the land, but mm-hmm. most of it comes from ponds higher up. That yeah. Yeah. No, you're good. I, I was giving Deacon Dave a signal that we have only about three minutes left in the show. That's how fast it's gone. In the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions before we, we round it up. Oh my goodness. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. Could, could I just say very briefly... Uh, it rained, uh, and, and when it rains in Texas, it rain, it really rains. The the floating dock uh, was about to go over the spillway. Oh my goodness! Uh, and I had uh, I didn't know whether I had ten minutes or ten seconds to because uh, the whole thing would have gone crashing down to the uh, below. So so um, it was near near miss. Right. So God in His grace kept the thing from going over Perfect. completely, and I I was able to pull it out with my John Deere tractor. So, well, you know, the one thing that we have not mentioned, and you gave us these great T-shirts, you're wearing a shirt yourself because we have not mentioned the name of the Retreat Center. Oh, that's very perceptive. Thank you, Pam. <laughs> it's, um, it's called Camino de la Paz. And, of course, Camino, you know, it came from the uh, road. But, but, but mm-hmm. I, I struggle with what to name. What, what do I name this place? And, and uh, my son, Logan, who's been to many retreat centers, says it's often, you know, some physical feature or something like, you know. Cedar break, bunch mm-hmm. of cedar trees, yeah. eagles wings, there's a rock formation. And I we didn't have any physical features, but people who came out there said, you know, it's really peaceful out here. 
So I thought, well, way of peace, could that work? And it, it didn't really hit me as, as the, as the thing, as the name until I was in morning prayer Mm. and in morning prayer, there's always this, we always pray the God, the, the canticle of Zechariah, which is this wonderful poetic thing. He's Zechariah's the father of John the Baptist. And in the last stanza, it goes, in the, uh, in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and guide our feet into the way of peace. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So Thank I said, you. hey, that cinches it. I think that's a great place to end. Deacon, could you give us uh, your blessing as we wrap this up? Could I say one more thing? I've been received encouragement from many, many people and prayers from many people. And that's also, I see that as a gift of God. Thanksgiving. It's kept me going. Much so. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm honored. May the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Thank you for having, thank you for being on with me today. So thank you for joining us, my listeners. We'll see you next time on Red Sea Roundup. God bless.